you going crazy for Sergio? We sure are. It's the 70th edition of the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you on the 19th of September 2017. Joining us again, it is the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to you too. Welcome back, sir. And uh, again, another fantastic guest on the pod this week. He's joined us before in the past. Great to have him back again. It is Peter Blake. Welcome back. Evening, guys. Thank you for having me back. Lovely Welcome to be back, here. Peter. Of course, of course. Um, it's been a little while since we last spoke to you. Uh, how have you been getting on in that time and over the summer months? Uh, very well, actually. Yeah, summer summer was lovely. Seems to have gone now, but yeah. uh, those those three and a half days we had of sunshine were great. And uh, yeah, no, not really any complaints. It's not nice to get proper competitive football back on the uh, the agenda. Uh, well, until my FPL team started going downhill, the first couple of weeks were nicer. Yeah, and we should put a disclaimer in at this point. Um, just because our guests are saying they're having bad game weeks, it's not the surgery's fault for that. It just happens to be. Pete's team's falling into place at the moment. I'm sure that's the case. Um, to be fair, it's not the first time you've said that. I've heard that disclaimer on several occasions. So <laughs> You've now rendered my disclaimer yeah. useful. <laughs> okay, so nobody agrees to come on this podcast. Um, in all, all seriousness, though, great to have you uh, back on board again, uh, Pete. Thank we are you. just coming into game week six, and we're going to start once again by going through our teams. And I usually do mine last, so I'm going to speak about how I got on this game week. So I thought I was doing pretty well coming into the final game week fixtures. Um, but I ended up actually two points below the average. So the average this week was 58. I ended up with 56. Did pretty well in defence with Alonso, Higazzi and Cedric getting me six and Foster a five. Had Mkhitaryan and Gross in midfield, but I failed up front because Rodriguez, Firmino and Kane all drew blanks for me. And Kane was my captain. So, um, yeah, it could have been could have been worse, but could have been a lot better as well. Iceman? Yeah, wh- why are you not getting rid of Rodriguez, by the way? Uh, I had bit, so last week my two transfers were Mane and Matic, and I swapped in Mkhitaryan and Gross, so they, they felt oh, right. like yeah. a bigger issue for me at the time than Rodriguez because he's kind of a cheaper third striker who is starting up front for, for um, West Brom. He's kind of like oh God, I've got forgotten his name. I had a Middlesbrough striker up front last season. I can't remember his name now. Degrado. It wasn't a great, I know, it was another, it was Stuani. Stuani was a third choice strike and he was getting a goal oh, yeah, every yeah. Like, four games. So every now and again, he'd chip in with something. So that's kind of what J-Rod's doing for me. But when I get to my wild card, he will be coming out. Because as usual, West Brom, West Brom solid at the back, but not so much going forward. Once again, I left Lascelles on my bench painfully as well. Okay, so let's uh, see. How how did you get on this week, Iceman? Yeah, so I hit average, really. Well, three above average of 61. I thought it was going terribly halfway through. I, I had Gross with seven, Salah, Ramsey. Uh, I had that devilish back four of 6-6-6 with Jones, Higazi and Bertrand. And then, yeah, I captain Kane at Lukaku. I, I made the change of Mane to Salah and the change to bring in Davis, which a lot of people did, and subsequently found out he had a knock and he was on the bench. So, yeah, a, a red arrow me down to 747,000 overall uh, which isn't great but not too bad not too bad Peter what about yourself uh, pretty similar to be fair three below average so 55 I'm on 251 overall so I'm 
barely scraping 50 points a week on average, which is yeah not really what I want to be doing. I want to be higher than that. This week, I got three clean sheets across the back line uh, and goalkeeper, which is fine. Got 12 from Lukaku. Got 11 from Matt Ritchie, who's starting to pay dividends. Uh, but yeah, Harry Kane captaincy has uh, yeah, knocked me out, I'm afraid, there. And uh, also the Pogba replacement was Christian Eriksen, and he suffered the same fate. Couldn't quite put the ball in the back of the net, which is, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, left Carl Norton on the bench for obvious reasons, because they were yeah. at, um, at Spurs. Uh, he came in with a six as yeah. well. So, yeah, a few, quite a few hard luck stories this season. But, you know, yeah, you make your own luck, I suppose, don't you? So. Yeah, there's a lot of players that, uh, in hindsight, would always seem great. What I'm finding already this season is, if if I look last season, I was leaving players on the bench sometimes and looking back and thinking, Christ, that was obvious. Why did I not play them? But the ones that have scored well so far, I, I still stand by. Actually, you know, on paper before going into the game week, it seems like the right decision. Like I wouldn't have expected Lascelles to score twice, and you wouldn't expect Norton to keep a cleanie against Tottenham. So it's. Uh, working on those strange seasons so far I think that's true of a lot of players uh, a lot of people I you know, talked to on Twitter and that quite a few people are going it's, it's just not falling for me at the moment I've got players who are hitting the bar hitting the post I mean loads of shots it's just it's not falling and you look at their teams and it's all entirely rational every, yeah, every, everything they're doing yeah, it looks yeah. right and sounds right it feels like it should be coming off but it's just not but I think every player every well, FBA, every FPL manager at some point in the season has a bad run I remember around Christmas last year I had four weeks in a row where I had like a three million game week rank every week uh, and I just plummeted in the ranks it just I'm hoping that this is my bad run this and it will get better after this but um, you know, it remains to be seen I suppose doesn't it so. start start with the bad and get good towards the end just finish strong that's the key yes that's that's, that's, the, that's the plan yeah me too if you want to, if you want to call it a plan <laughs> well um, let's have a look how the rest of you have been getting on this week so the top 10 in the fancy football surgery mini league 10th place we've got lads on Torre Aaron Hyman with 85 points this week good score Rukaku FC have dropped down to 9th place Snedding Glory that's Stephen Campbell up to 8th winning with, with Mike Z into 7th Dishbag Solidarity moving up into 6th Jekyll and Hyde into 5th place 4th place Draper's fancy team have dropped that's Dean Draper Twinge United they're up in to third place i don't think i read them out last week entropy into second place and then in the first we've got lalana land demir tenay on 92 points great game week score there leading the way on 341 points for the season very strong and that's of course because he captained a great way i did actually see the uh, the biggest game week scorer not in our league but um just worldwide actually triple captain aguero this week so a great shout by them yeah yeah, and I'm sure later on in the season we'll get into whether it's better to play a uh, triple captain game week or against a team that, you know, where there's guaranteed points. But that's a, a conversation for another day. Chaps, let's move into our game week fixtures then. So we kick off on Saturday, the 23rd of September. No Friday fixture to worry you this week. So the first of those games... West Ham against Spurs, 12.30. West Ham finding their way in terms of their defence all of a sudden. Joe Hart coming up with some uh, cleanies recently. Spurs with that disappointing result over the weekend, although if you watched the game, you would have seen that they were all over Swansea. Iceman, who do you like in this one in terms of moving forward? Well, 
Everyone's got that question on their lips about Harry Kane, haven't they? They're all wondering whether to move him out or not. And I think the home form is a big factor here. I mean, there was an article on uh, Fantasy Football Scout that showed last season's Spurs crosses into the box. They actually averaged 20.9 per home game. And now it's 35.9. Obviously, as a result of that, Kane's headers have quadrupled from 0.5 to 2. It shows he's getting a lot more headers now, just for, for the fact of the pitch is a bit bigger. And he didn't score one header at home last season out of the 18 that he did score. This is probably why he's not scoring at home. But he hit the bar, had two on target, he had one at the bar, four shots, could have had a couple of penalties. If it just went the other way, I feel like he could have got a hat-trick or so. And I don't think anyone should be removing him from their team. I still think he's probably the best fantasy football player this season has to offer. And uh, he's also backed up by you know, some great players in Son, Ericsson, and obviously Ben Davis, who got benched the last game week. But yeah, if if it's on people's minds, is it is it on yours, Peter? I know you're wildcarding at the moment. Are you definitely keeping Kane this week? Uh, I, I desperately want to. Uh, I, I, I can't find a structure which is going to work where I can have Kane and Lukaku, though. And so... I mean, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in that scenario, I think. I've got to pick one of them. Instinct, just gut feel of it, says I'm go with Harry Kane. But I'm going to be researching this quite a lot over the next few days, I'm sure. And I'm going to go back and forward on it. But Harry Kane's had 23 shots in the box this season. Lukaku's had 18, 11 attempts from set plays as well. So he is, yeah, he's on free kicks as well. He obviously can't hit a free kick particularly well, apart from, I think, one he scored last season. But... Everything suggests he should be getting points, but it's just not—it's just not coming off at the moment. I, I don't—I don't know if I subscribe to the Wembley factor or not just yet, because you know, just a few days before that Swansea game, he uh, put two past Borussia Dortmund, who are hardly slouches. Uh, so he can obviously do it, but when Spurs come up against teams that seem to defend very deep and are very well organised, as Paul Clement Swansea are quite clearly, Hull last season under Marco Silva and Burnley as well when they came to White Hart Lane were very organised and Spurs really struggled to break them down and everybody had yeah, Kane captaincy fail rage after that as well, uh, myself included. But if you look at their next few games, next three games especially, they've got uh, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, and then Bournemouth at home. And Bournemouth are far from well organised at the moment. And playing away from home against these other teams, who it just adds a different dynamic. So uh, if, if Kane doesn't score at least two in the next three games, I'll be absolutely amazed. So I've, again, for me at the moment, I want to keep him. But uh, you know, by the end of this pod, I might even change my mind on that one. So. <laughs> I have to agree. I think um, I saw if you watched him play against Dortmund, the goals were awesome finishes from Kane. And if you watch that Spurs game, it was pretty inspired. The back Fernandez we talked about particularly looked very, very good for them. Kane was unlucky not to score. So it's one of those ones where just I wouldn't be too reactive to this. I think you've got to, in Kane certainly in the Premier League, you'd call him world class. So I wouldn't be dumping him. And, Yes, West Ham, like I've said, they've sort of racked out a little bit at the back, but I think um, you know, I think there's goals here for Harry Kane, so I certainly wouldn't be uh, looking to rush him out just yet. We're seeing a rise in Ben Davis being transferred back in again. I've noticed he's one of the more higher transferred in players this game week. Mm. I, I'm going for Ben Davis on my wild card. I think he's he was rested in the last game. I think that's going to happen. I think, um, I think, I think a lot of teams are yeah, rotations are factored like. So I think Potocino said he had a knock okay. on his ankle. Apparently, he didn't say that in the press conference, but afterwards he did mention that. Ah, okay. 
that's interesting. Mm. Yeah, and I still don't think Danny Rose is someone we need to worry about just yet in terms of taking Davis's game time. The interesting thing, since Spurs as well went to a 3-4-3 formation, I remember last season, it was starting to be questioned when they played against Liverpool and he got roasted by Sadio Mane. But since then, he's responded so well to that. And he's kind of become, a, as defenders go, a bit of a must-have in terms of you know attacking returns as well. That's, that's the other angle of this as well. Everyone's talking about, yeah, when's Danny Rose coming back? When's Danny Rose coming back? But Davis has done so well. Yes. It's no guarantee Rose walks right back into that side. I mean, he's, yeah, he's going to be lacking right. game time for the last six months. So it's, for me, it, it almost feels like it's Davis's place to lose now. You mentioned Liverpool as well just then um, briefly. They've got Liverpool coming up at Wembley and a team like Liverpool are going to come out and attack them. We were relatively suspect at the back as well. You know, the Spurs' run of games, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, Bournemouth home, Liverpool at home. That's, that, that's, a, that's a good run of fixtures as far as I'm concerned from an attacking perspective yeah this is why I think you still need three Spurs players in your team I know they're playing West Ham West Ham did actually do alright last game week they only conceded one big chance that's second to West Brom's zero over the last two game weeks so it's pretty good they've gone to the the five at the back the wing back formation and it's actually working for them if they weren't playing Tottenham I'd say Cresswell it would be a a great shout at the moment I think he, he seems to be on free kicks and corners obviously playing in that wing back formation He's, he's very attacking and if they're keeping clean sheets as well I, I consider him a, a really good option obviously maybe not for this game but <clears throat> going forward after it and yeah because they've still got some quite decent fixtures after this I think from looking at West Ham going forward as well actually I'm I wouldn't be I wouldn't be adverse to putting on the West Ham forward against Tottenham at the moment and the reason why is, I was looking, yeah, looking into the numbers, and I, I don't know if this is indicative or anything, but they've played the second fewest passes in the final third of any team. So that suggests they're playing it long, and they're playing to Andy Carroll. Andy, Andy Carroll's Carroll, won, yeah. but he's, he's won 79% of his aerial duels this season, and Alderweireld has only won 35%, Vertonghen 45%, and Sanchez 66%. That's in the, that's in the heart of the Spurs' defence. So if they're lobbing out to... Andy Carroll and he's winning those knockdowns someone like Antonio coming onto them could suddenly become a very viable option and then after after the Spurs game you've got Swansea you've got Burnley you've got Brighton Hope Albion I mean the cluster whatever that Crystal Palace is as well yeah, the uh, and then you know, Liverpool as we just mentioned so yeah Antonio's looking like a viable option as you know, if, if you can squeeze him in as a third striker if you've got the budget for it I for me because he, he, he looks really good as well when I've seen him play so far Antonio's striker do you mean midfielder Midfielder, yeah. yeah. I mean, who's not to say that Andy Carroll's a good shout, though? I've been backing him on a few Twitter conversations that I've had for a little while now, just for the pure fact that he has got goals in him. I I know that he's a donkey and he'll probably get injured. He did get three chances last game week, though, which was the most out of all their players against West Brom. Yeah, Yeah. Like you say, Antonio, big balls into the air. If they haven't got uh, many passes in the final third and they are clumping up to him, who would you want more than Andy Cowell to knock him in? Maybe, maybe exactly, you're yeah. right. Maybe you're right. He's he's going to be scoring ahead of this this game week. Yeah, but again, I, yeah, for me, he's going to be winning those first balls and whoever's running onto them as well. So don't discount Hernandez at this point. Don't discount Antonio. How long is it before uh, Andre Ayew gets a start as well? He seems to be making a difference when he's coming on. So I'm. West Ham going forward, I think, look all right at the moment. I'm not, I'm not just, saying... Just to uh, add to the discussion, a couple of developments in terms of regards to this game, chaps, because as we speak, the uh, the League Cup or the, the Carabao Cup fixtures are currently going on. West Ham are actually tilting up against Bolton. Sacco started up top uh, and playing off him 
is uh, Ayu and Arnautovic. So potentially, like you say, Ayu coming back into the side. The other one, Tottenham beating Barnsley 1-0 and Deli Alley has the goal there. So <laughs> interesting there. So a few goals um, from potential players playing this weekend. The thing I'd say about this, just because Ali's playing tonight, I would still expect him to um, start at the weekend. I still think at the moment, I've got Ali in my team, but I kind of wish I had Ericsson at the moment. He does seem to be quarterbacking everything for, for Spurs. So if you're asking me to pick between the two of those, I would say Ericsson, but I'm going to stick with Ali just for the sake of I don't think it's worth making the transfer. Yeah, Ericsson's second for shots on target so far this season on seven, 17 shots overall. Yeah, he just, I'm I'm glad I've got him is all I can say. The only thing is it's got that Ali uh, is not playing in the Champions League, does play a little bit further forward, not to say that his heat maps are further forward, but his uh, original position is behind Kane, so it's to say that he should be scoring more goals. Yeah, I like it. So the next team coming up, Burnley versus Huddersfield. So two teams that haven't done terribly to start the season. You may have expected them to to have struggled a little bit, but Huddersfield certainly got off to a good start. Burnley as well getting a few surprise results. As I speak, Chris Wood has just scored a penalty against his old club Leeds <laughs> in the... Uh, Carabao Cup as well. Huddersfield currently losing against Crystal Palace. So, chaps, Pete, if I come to you first for this one, who do you like yep. in this fixture? From a Burnley perspective, I, I, I don't like Chris Wood, if I'm honest. I think he's you know, slightly overperforming. Um, I haven't got his numbers to hand, but I looked at them earlier and he, he seems to be scoring pretty much every other shot he's getting at the moment. And I don't think that's sustainable. Robbie Brady going forward, I think, is the one I really like the look of. Excellent uh, set-piece delivery, and they've got the top cross-conversion for this season as well, and I think that's in no small part due to him. Don't like anybody at the back for Burnley, though. I think they, they've been getting good results against big teams, and they seem to be keeping them under control a little bit, but they're not keeping clean sheets, and they are conceding an awful lot of chances. In fact, they're top for goal attempts conceded, uh, goal attempts conceded in the box and interestingly they're, you know, as an aside they're uh, top for tackles lost as well so they've got a um, they've got a rick in them as well I think so yeah with Tom Heaton outside as well without he's not shot stopping I wouldn't go near their defence at the moment but going forward Robbie Brady I think looks like an option so you don't like me he came close with a couple of chances 4.5 two headers they've got some uh, obviously Brady with decent delivery into the box and they've got some mm. headers potential yeah I, I don't know I think if you're um I think if, if you're looking at if you're looking at a, a 4.5 defender, you've got to be looking at uh, clean sheets as um, the, the, the principal uh, metric there. Because you know, me might get a goal at some point in the season. He may get two goals at some point in the season. But I'm not going to play him every week and hope I'm going to get them. Yeah, some people are opting for Pope though. He did get a load of saves in the last game, obviously mm-hmm. against Liverpool. 35 chances they had. He, he got the one bonus point from the eight saves that he's got. So Heaton's out for a while. It's not to say that he might be uh, potential with their home fixtures they've got some pretty good ones he may rotate well with Elliot I haven't actually looked at that but uh, they've got some good decent home fixtures coming up so you could play them in each of them against in this game against Huddersfield then West Ham in a couple of weeks time and then they've got Newcastle at home as well so it's not to say that that's not an option and Everton aren't exactly looking uh, dangerous at the moment are they so yeah, going away there may, yeah. not be a, may not be a bad option to put them in goal then as well so, but... who, who's that you're saying there Jim? Uh, Pope Pope, so looking at Pope as a sort of a cheaper price option. Yeah. Nice, okay. Uh, anyone from Huddersfield, chaps? Nice man? 
Well, not for me, really. Uh, I think they're showing their kind of true colours now a little bit. They did play quite well in the last game. Wagner seems to... I think he, he coaches them well, but I just you don't know who to choose. It's Ince, Moy, they had Mooney out, so Depoche, is that how you say it? Depoche? He did well. Depoche, he, yeah. he, he rolled Maguire in the last game. But there's no one really there who I think's uh, an option. Maybe Maybe the keeper, but... Uh, I think there are better keepers elsewhere, for instance, Pope. <laughs> I think uh, Tom Tom Ince's underlying stats are insane. Mm. I can't believe I can't believe he hasn't good. returned anything yeah. so far. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I've I've had him in my team since the start of the season, and he's you know, in fact, I've got him in an FPL team and also in a draft team as well, and it's just the most frustrating thing in the world because yeah, he he's having so many chances, a good chance as well. He hit the bar against um, West Ham. If you believe the ICT rating, so influence, creativity, and threat rate that the FPL site puts up he's third for midfielders at the moment he's had eight shots in the box so it's just astonishing he hasn't returned something so far he just um, can't seem to do it in the Premier League can he he can do it in the Championship but not in the Prem yeah and I, I, I don't know why because like I say these chances you know a couple of inches lower against uh, West Ham and yeah he's got his first goal but yeah it's just not happening but he for me uh, you know six or five nine I think he is now or, or six he's potentially worth a shout uh, if you've got the patience to, to deal with him but I, I've lost patience I've got rid of him <laughs> but yeah so I think um, Ince very much seems to be the uh, Adama Traore of this season doesn't he like performs very well stats are good but just needs to convert it into some points yeah, that's a good comparison yeah yeah definitely Lovely. Well, chaps, let's move on to... Whilst we, uh, before we get too frustrated, let's move on to... <laughs> speaking of Everton, they are home against Bournemouth. Now, I think you're right, Pete. I think the, these two teams um, aren't interesting me as much as I would have liked. Having said that, this was the week we said it was all going to turn around for Everton. A um, mm. bit of pressure on Koeman at the moment, more than I thought there would be, but he didn't quite get the start that everyone was looking for. And then when they got thrashed in the uh, Europa League, I think that's turned up the pressure a little bit. So, Pete, how, how do you see this one going against Bournemouth? It's... There isn't really anybody I fancy from either team, to be honest with you. You're right, they got thrashed by, um, no, they got thrashed in the Europa League, didn't they? And they've yeah. now conceded 12 goals in the last four games. So, and going forward, it just looks a bit of a mess. There doesn't seem to be any sort of coherent, coherent strategy there. They're playing like three number 10s, you know, not much width going on, uh, not much going on up front. It, it, Koeman needs some time to blend them into a team. There's no doubt about that. And I, I, I genuinely hope he gets the opportunity to do so. I hope, he, I hope they don't pull the trigger on him anytime soon. But from an FPL perspective, looking at the next few weeks, yeah, their, their fixtures are good, but there isn't anybody I'd really hang my hat on and say that that player's worth worth going in for. You could argue potentially as Rooney, maybe as the furthest forward player, you know, he's going to get a couple of attempts. But with all the conversation going on about you know three men front lines for you know, Kane, Lukaku, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, if you're going to go for a, th- a cheaper third midfielder, I think you've got to go you know, right bargain basement uh, in order to accommodate other players elsewhere. So. Uh, that's the other, and that's the thing about Everton. A lot of their players are re- reasonably awkward prices. I think you know, Gilfie Sigerson's a little bit too expensive to be you know, considered viable. Um, at the back as well, Jordan Pickford obviously is a great goalkeeper, but there's other options. I think for you know maybe half a million cheaper, it's it's all just really awkward uh, at this point. And on the other side of the coin, Bournemouth have got some. I don't think they've got great fixtures coming up. 
Um, there isn't really anybody who's standing out there in terms of individual stats, so I'm, I'm avoiding them for the moment. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Their fixtures coming up to game week 10 are just not good at all. So after that, though, they've got a garden of green from uh, game week 10 onwards. But a lot of people are bringing in Sermon mm-hmm. because he scored in the last game at 4.5. But just to warn everyone, I don't think he's ever scored in the Premier League. I'm, I'm not sure on that stat, but he never scores very high. He's always just there just as a, a filler. I think he's quite a deep line player and never really gets forward. He was quite lucky this game. Yes, he's only shot in the box this season so far. Yeah, yeah, so. exactly. So, so don't bring him in if you are. If you're looking for a 4.5 option, it's more like Chalabar, Rim Lost the Streak, or even Tom Carroll. They're still available and they're still good options, probably better than him. Going from Everton, though, just going back to them, going from Sigurdsson. If you're willing to take a punt, I think that he could be a good option. He still creates chances in the last two games. He's created five, not majorly amount, but he has the potential to go big and their fixtures Everton are still pretty tasty the next two are at home in Bournemouth and Burnley then they've got Brighton I mean they've got Arsenal and Leicester after that but then even after that they've got a few more good fixtures but it's that would be a big punt that would be one if you're maybe lagging behind and you're willing to try something different and you're willing to get up the ranks just on a random player because he does score points Sigurdsson but for me as uh, someone who's not doing too bad I'm staying away from any of their players because they're not in form they're not looking majorly threatening although they did play quite well against United midway through that game but no, I'm, I'm staying away from all of them, their players at the moment. Same with Bournemouth, but I still think that Daniels, if you've got him, I'd probably still hang on to him. He was Bournemouth's probably biggest attacking threat in the last game. And you can always see uh, another Thunder Bastard, like he scored against City. <laughs> a what? A Thunder Bastard? Thunder Bastard. Wow. <laughs> it's, a well, it's a well-known phrase. Yeah. Apparently so. I like it. Coin that term. Okay, yeah, I, I can't really add anything, chaps. Um, I think the only thing is, if you if you get an Everton player with this run of fixtures they've got, if their their fortunes change, you've got a bit of potential to make some value. I think mainly on defenders or someone like Siggy or Rooney, because if they have a couple of good game weeks, suddenly people start flocking to their team, and you might see a, a few price rises there. But I can't really pinpoint one that stands out for me at the moment. So I think watch this space with them thing about Sigerson is he's already dropped 0.2 so you know, yeah. given his starting value is 8.5 it's worth waiting and seeing I think you know, give him a couple of, you know, a couple more games if he does start firing he goes up to 8.4 bring him in you're still getting him below the value he's at the start of the season and for the same price of course you can go for Riyad Mahrez uh, or roughly the same price you can go for Riyad Mahrez uh, Mkhitaryan Pogba when he's back is cheaper than him right now uh, Raheem Sterling seems to be starting at Man City. Um, I, I think we've got to see an awful lot more of Everton uh, there, yet before we before we invest in Sigerson. There are people that like to live on the edge and go for this totally random player, though. So I, I feel like Sigerson may be one of those players which people like that could go for. And sometimes people like that, their game does work. I mean, look at the likes of Woodsy, who normally comes on here. He likes to go for the odd random player. And he's he's flying at the moment, doing really well. So who knows, he might bring in the likes of Sigerson and might mm. work for him. Like I said, I mean, as I said earlier, considering my start to the season, you shouldn't pay attention to anything I tell you. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you're probably right. OK, well, I think um, that moves us on to the next one, chaps. And City versus Palace. So this is a potential to be an absolute battering. If we look at the form of both teams, um, we can't really say uh, Palace keeping a clean sheet or doing well in the Cup tonight. We'll double-check that in just a second is, is enough to suggest that their form is going to change uh, under under Woy. But um, which one of you wants to speak about Sergio Aguero? Come on. 
Well, he scored 20 points and Jesus only scored six. I was just saying that that proves that covering a team with a player is not a thing. But Sergio Aguero, wow, he's coming back to his best, isn't he? Eight attempts on goal, as more than any other player this game week. It just looked like he was going to score with nearly every shot. The only counteract to that is that two of his goals were offside and shouldn't have counted. So if they didn't count, would everyone be flocking to him as much as they are at the moment? I don't know. You've got to kind of consider that. I mean, everyone's kind of stayed away from the City players due to the pep rotation. If you could get Aguero in your three strikers with having Kane and Lukaku as well, then, yeah, good luck to you. Well done. But like, I can't fit that in my team. And a lot of, pe- a lot of other people can't either. And... I don't feel like it's it's good to take out the likes of scoring well Lukaku or the stats came with the fixtures. I'm not bringing him in, but yeah, I can see why a lot of people are, but I just wouldn't take out Kane or Lukaku. So you, you don't think it's worth with Sergio's form swapping him in just yet? No, not just yet. Not, not with uh, the form that Lukaku's in and the stats and fixtures which Kane has got. They just sort of look un- unbelievable at the moment, don't they, City, in terms of how complete they are front to back. I mean, You'd still say defensively they could be got at, but I think the one I wanted to shout was uh, Nicholas Otamendi. I think he's having a a much better season, and he he always looked good when he was playing in Spain. I sometimes think it takes these players a a season or so just to get used to the things. But um, he's five well, he's five point six million, and in te- there was a stat I wrote down about him. Yeah, so defensively compared to their other options like Company or Stones, he's actually made more tackles. So sixteen this season, thirty two blocks and interceptions been good on the bonus points stats and there was one about his strike rate as well i think he's seven the attempts on goal this season seven attempts on goal so it's only is it alonso who's only more than him in terms of shots on goal possibly that's correct yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so he's so ultimately i've got here he's got seven and uh, alonso i've got down 11 so you can see that he's a threat going forward from corners defending is much better i don't i i'm seeing him as a pretty decent option for city if you haven't got the money to go for a 6.5 million attacking wing back and you want something a little bit cheaper i've talked about danilo but actually otamendi again looking like a good option at the moment yeah i think i agree with that that was a city are flying they've scored 16 goals in their last three matches in all, all competitions so yeah you can see what the flurry of uh bringing in the likes of aguero i wouldn't necessarily swap as well jesus to aguero um that's a bit of a sideways no. move yeah i agree i think i think at the moment if you have a zeus then he's you know, scoring enough and assisting enough to, you know, to make it worth keeping him. So no, I wouldn't do that either. Pete, how do you feel about this? About the whole game, generally, you're looking at um, Crystal Palace are absolutely abysmal. Man City are absolutely flying at the moment. It's logically... I know we should be going all in on it, but it just feels like one of those things is almost too good to be true. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, exp- I'm expecting an 8 nil here. What reality is going to happen is Roy Hodgson's probably going to look at this in the same way that everyone else is looking at it and going, right, I'm sticking 11 men behind the ball and we're defending deep and compact and they're going to have to really work hard to get through us. So players like De Bruyne and Silva are going to drop a lot deeper in order to uh, try and create the space. Aguero is probably going to be mar- yeah, man-marked you know, to within an inch of his life. He's definitely got the talent to make space for himself. There's, there's no question about that. But 
if if this game, yeah, they've come off the back of a five nil, a four nil, and a six nil in the last um, was it last week and a half or whatever it's been. I wouldn't be surprised if they roll over Crystal Palace again, but I would be, I suppose, even less surprised if this was just a one nil or a two nil. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just maybe I'm just, the, maybe just a pessimist at this point. I'm not sure, but I'm just looking at the the side that that Roy's played against Huddersfield tonight, and actually he's played seven players who you were classed as defenders. So he had Kelly at right back, Van Arnholt left back, Tomkins and Sacco centre-half, Milivojevic and Reardwald holding midfielder. Reardwald was a defender last year for Ajax. Um, and then he had Jeffrey Schlupp left wing. So Schlupp, you may count as a defender. So I think already you're seeing those. And he played a, absolutely flat as a pancake, four four two there. So I think you might be right about this, Peter. I think we could see some serious bus being parked in front of the goal come this weekend if it, if, if it was a bit like Harry Kane last week against Swansea everyone was going oh yeah absolutely you know go all in you know Harry Kane's on fire they beat Swansea 5-0 at the same place last season but that of course was Bob Bradley Swansea and this was Paul Clement who got them uh, organised and disciplined and you know Roy Hodgson's got a lot of a lot of critics out there, but what he will do is he'll build from the back. He will you know, yeah. g- give everyone the confidence and he'll set them up. In the next three games, they've got you know, Man City away, Man United away, and Chelsea at home. So he's going to be focused on, right, let's stop the rot, let's stop conceding, you know, let, let's shut up shop, and we'll try and nick a goal when we can. They're probably not going to win it, uh, and they probably are going to lose it, but I don't think this is going to be a five-goal Aguero haul and three goals from Jesus or whatever it's going to be. I know that comment's probably going to come back and bite me at some point, but it, again, it's one of those things that feels a little bit too little too good to be true at the moment, and I think Hodgson's going to know that as well. So I'm I'm going to play a bit, little bit cautious on this one. Yeah, uh, just to make people aware about Aguero versus Crystal Palace, in his five appearances, he's only scored two goals and one assist versus them. So uh, just to show that, yeah, maybe they have kept him quiet throughout the years. Yeah. What, uh, one, one other thing I'll say, actually, just slightly, well, related to FBL, but slightly away from it. If anyone reads the quarterly publication, The Blizzard, uh, this month, they've got a an absolutely fantastic article about um, uh, Guardiola at City last season and how he deployed his tactics and it, it will give you an awful lot of insight into you know, how he thinks and what he's trying to achieve with that team you have the struggles he had last season and why it also seems to be falling together now so I'd recommend reading that if you get a chance Nice, well chaps, it, it sounds like what we're saying here is of City, you know, as you were but proceed with caution Okay, well, let's look at our next picture. We've got the Saints versus Man United. United playing some great stuff this season. Another win at the weekend, another battering once again. You know, the goals come, seems to come in flurries quite often for this United side now. Iceman, Saints versus Man United. Who do you like in this one and moving forward? Well, I did watch the United game and to be honest, I wasn't impressed with how their midfield were without Pogba. They just don't look as dominant. I know they got the three goals in the, the last 15 minutes, but up until then, I could see it going either way in the Everton game. And Lukaku, he just, I don't know what he keeps saying. He's, he's managing to bag all the points every week. I mean, he's got five goals so far. So you can't really complain, but he just doesn't look that good to me. I know I'll probably get slated for that, but I just think his play is quite lacklustre at times. And if he went the whole game and blanked, a load of people will be transferring him out. 
I think Mourinho actually said that Mata was on penalties, then Pogba, but he does let the players decide. So I think Tony Marshall stepped up and grabbed that goal. But I don't think Lukaku was on penalties either. So I can see why people are swaying away from him. But like I said for um, Aguero just now, Lukaku stats versus Saints, eight appearances, five goals, three assists, and uh, three of those goals and two assists were at Saints' home ground. So... Yeah, there's a lot of potential in him. I'm not getting rid of him. The stats are, are too good in terms of shots and shots on target, uh, even chances created. But from the eye, I just don't think he looks that good. OK, Pete, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, his underlying stats do still look good. But you're right, sort of the, the eye test, which I think a lot of FBL managers put a lot of stock in as well, he doesn't quite look there and... I'm, I'm really trying to work it out. It could go one of two ways. He could he could either continue to be consistent in the same way that Costa was last year and just continuously picking up goals every game, every other game, or it might just fall off a cliff for him. And the Pogba thing is really interesting because that does change the dynamic of how they play uh, quite significantly. And it's also over the weekend was the second time this season where they've absolutely blitzed the team in the last 15 minutes to go on to win 4-0. First time was against uh, Swansea as well so like I said I'm, I'm, I'm in a quandary at the moment whether I go with Kane or Lukaku because you know logic and the stats say go with Kane but Lukaku does keep pulling it out of the back and he does keep you know keep moving it on and you know something about Jose Mourinho's team which is just steamroller in teams at the moment so I'm trying to work out whether it's enough just to have some coverage behind Lukaku at this point yeah I've got, got Mkhitaryan in there at the moment who will, will become Pogba at some point I'm not sure if I need both Lukaku and Mkhitaryan, but I'll get pelters for that as well, Mm. (laughs) I'm sure. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still trying to work out Man United a little bit. I'm still trying to work out whether this is just a rich vein of form and whether the popular injury is going to change anything. I think if you've got Lukaku and you can afford to keep him, definitely, definitely hold him. But if you're in a position like I'm in, where you've got to make a decision one way or another, it's it's, it's definitely a tricky one, especially when you chuck someone like Aguero into the mix as well. There's, there's there's far too many very very expensive strikers out there who we all want, and you can't you can't have them all. And it almost it almost feels like Lukaku logically should be the one to go, but again, he keeps returning every single week, and it makes it really difficult to want to do that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You can't have them all. And Southampton have got Van Dyke back as well. He came on as a sub. They've got this uh, Lamina. He makes them look a lot stronger defensively. He looked class. He did look really good. He looked really, really good. Um, although uh, they did concede three big chances in the last game. So it's not yeah. to say they've completely shut up shop. I'm still holding on to Bertrand. He's uh, not creating much in terms of attacking points for me at the moment. But yeah, I'm still going to hold on to him because they've still got semi-decent fixtures at the moment. Yeah. But uh, it's just to back up Saints, they are quite good at home. I could feel like they might be able to stop United. If United play the, the way they did for the first 70 minutes, then I see Saints keep them out and no problem. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, Saints uh, look good. I do think they still look good defensively, Saints. And uh, if you've still got Cedric, would, I, I'm, I would probably field him in this one. Just for a centre at home, like I said, we could see the first shutout of the season for United. And with Van Dyke back, if he does play, I think that increases the chances even more. So I'd probably keep Cedric. But for me at the moment, I've got Mkhitaryan and I'm probably going to play him now realistically to contradict myself completely. But I think he's just looked really, really good this season, really creative going forward. Someone seems to be putting the ball in the net, whether it's Martial or Rashford, or they, they seem to find a way. That's that's the depth of Jose's squad this season. Yeah, Mick Tyrion, he's just he only had the one attempt in the last game. But um, yeah. so I, I don't understand that stat. So I'm not going to read that. Uh, he, <laughs> 
I think <laughs> Mikatarian for me is definitely overperforming at the moment, though. Yeah. Um, he did create anybody... a few chances as well. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, he, he definitely does. Um, and and I think, he's and, the highest and, in the league and, so far. And, yeah, that's true. But I, any, anyone who reads my blog knows I try and uh, look at the underlying stats and I've, I've, yeah, effectively put that into a model to compare against FPL points compared to what they should have been scoring given their on-field actions. And Mikatarian scored like double the the amount of points he should have done uh, that that model suggests um, he, he, he could have done. So for me, I mean, I'm still bringing him in uh, on my wildcard <laughs> because it, it, it could it could it looks like he's the anomaly, and Man, Man United seems to be the anomaly at the moment as well. But he's not having that many shots on on goal. He just seems to be trying to create a lot of chances and creating a lot of um, opportunities for other players. But now with Pogba out of the equation, if 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 Lukaku maybe does start you know slowing down like we've postulated he might do even though he probably won't but if that does start happening then maybe Mkhitaryan's not as valuable but it's a lot of ifs and buts at the moment the fact is they are on form and they are absolutely rolling teams over so you've got to have at least one of their players in I think at the moment yeah I'd agree with that so mixed messages about you know I mean it sounds like almost with the players we're talking about they've missed well they've underperformed in the past they well this season it sounds like we're not we're still not quite believing it until the stats match the data but they are getting the wins and that's the bottom line isn't it yeah, yeah, exactly. So Stoke versus Chelsea. So um, I think Chelsea, you know, actually Arsenal probably would be the more happier side with the points weekend. Stoke going down two one against Newcastle, and this is the Jekyll and Hyde ness of a uh, of a Mark Hughes side, isn't it? You've got Shakira coming in with a goal again. I don't. I wouldn't be jumping onto him. Nowhere near consistent enough for me. One week they look really good defensively, then they can see two against Newcastle. So you never really know what you're getting with Stoke. I, I would be backing Chelsea with this one. Iceman, what, what do you think? Well, uh, people have got Morata, yeah, obviously hold on to him. Maybe even a captain option with Zuma uh, unable to play this game and also Shawcross has got a back injury. So maybe that puts their defence a bit weaker than they were. So yeah, maybe a captain option for Morata here. I can still see Morata still being a good option to bring in for going forward because Chelsea's fixtures coming up, they're not bad. If you look at Stoke, they've got next, they've got Man City after that, but after that they've got Crystal Palace, Watford and Bournemouth, so all in a row. So I'd say that he is a good option to bring in. Uh, in, in terms of Stoke, if you're looking for cheap options going forward after this game. I think Vimmer is going to be one to look at. He's just a monitor really. He's 4.4 at the moment. He seems to be starting mainly due to the injuries they've probably got in Shawcross. So yeah, keep your eye on Vimmer for now, but yeah, just not for this game. I thought Stoke looked really, really poor defensively against Newcastle. Just you know, just watching them, their positioning was, was all over the place. Um, so I, I, I don't really fancy any of their uh, defenders um, at this point, but it is a valid it is valid what you say because he is only 4.4 and their fixtures do take a reasonably nice turn from about game week nine onwards um in fact that stuff's look really nice for them so. yeah yeah now guys what, what do you think about the hazard situation oh you've got to wait haven't you really uh you've got to wait until he's playing and consistently playing i think he he was named that he was going to play in the carabao cup uh is that tonight or tomorrow night um so i still don't know if he's going to start the next game as well yeah just wait and see really He's going to change everything when he comes back, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, it did look pretty good in the yeah. 20 minutes he played against Arsenal, and he had a shot which I generally thought was going to go in, and I, I hollered. Not an excitement. <laughs> what did that sound like? That's the other thing. That... <laughs> 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 
That's it. I mean, that's the other thing when we're talking about team structure as well. If you're talking about getting in three very heavy hitting forwards, you effectively can't really afford a midfielder over the you know, over about 8.5 million if you can have a you know, half decent team elsewhere. So when we still got Hazard to come back, we still got Sanchez in theory to be reintegrated into the Arsenal side as well. So if one of them starts firing, you've then got two transfers to get rid of one of those big strikers and then you know, bring those players back in again so guys oh, it's really complicated trying to work out you know, trying to preempt what's going to happen over the next 20 weeks when you're playing a wild card what's the best team structure but I, I really don't want to start closing doors on players like Hazard at the moment because when he comes back in he's going to change the entire dynamic of their team uh, and if he's anything like he was at his best last season uh, he, he could become a must have very very quickly yeah I agree with that well, let's move on to the Swansea-Watford game, Charles. Swansea, well, great result of the weekend, as we've talked about, against Tottenham. They've won 2-0 tonight against Reading. Um, Iceman, what do you think about Swansea's chances against the Watford side that's just been absolutely battered? <laughs> well, I am playing Carroll this game, because I think I'm going to hold my chance. I've got Gaviadini, he's got... A... Well, I, I might actually do that as well. That's a great shout. Yeah. I have thought of that. I've got Gavidini, he's got to come out of my team, but I can't really find anyone that I'm really excited about changing to. I mean, like Andy Carroll was the, the nearest, but I'm still not quite ready to make that change due to his history of getting injured and him probably just not being reliable. But um, yeah, so I'm going to play Carroll's game in hope, just because they had to make a few changes at the back Watford in the last game. That's why they just capitulated against City. I've got Prodo out, Britos is out, Kabul is out, and uh, Kafkart is also out. They had to play Yamat, brought him in right back. So a couple of changes really affected them. Kiko Firmina, is that right? Kiko Firmina. Yeah, Kiko Firmina, the cheap yeah. fullback. Yeah. yeah, Kiko Firmina. He, he looked like their only real asset going forward. It seems that most of Watford's best work came from him, and he was getting a few penalty box touches as well. So I kind of keep my eye on him as well as a 4.5 option. It's just their fixtures are a bit ropey for a while. I mean, they've got Stoke at home game week 10, and West Ham at home game week 12, and then Newcastle away game week 13. That looks like they're only real good fixtures, but... No, not after the hammering. I'd more be opting for the Swansea players for this game. I think Abraham started the last game. Obviously, he didn't get any points against Tottenham because the ball was mainly in their half and all they were doing was defending. But they managed well to do that. And a lot of people have brought in Norton, who's the wing-back at 4.5, seems to be the best option at the moment. So... Maybe a potential for him. Swansea's fixtures coming up. They're pretty strong. Garden of Green for about four game weeks now. Watford, West Ham, Huddersfield, Leicester. So, uh, yeah, maybe looking at Carl Norton as well. He seems to be keeping his spot. You mentioned a second ago uh, whether Watford rotated well with anyone. They, they rotate really well with uh, Leicester uh, for the rest of it. Well, up to about game week 33. So if you've got Firmina and, say, Danny Simpson in there, you've got a, a fourth and fifth midfield rotation there for about nine million, yeah. uh, which I, I, I would recommend. Nice option. Is there anyone else you would add for that, Pete? Um, I really like Richarlison as, as a player I think he looks really good and he's getting a hell of a lot of shots to the extent now a bit like Harry Kane you're wondering why they're not going in uh, particularly often but I, th- I think he's an option going forward if you've got him hold on to him uh, like you say though the fixtures are a little bit patchy in fact they've got three away games in the next uh, four also got Arsenal and Chelsea in that time as well. And I think the midfielders, 4.5 midfielders, you've got Shalabar and uh, Tom Carroll here as well, who are you know, both decent options for your fifth midfielder. Probably slightly more 
or saving Loftus Cheek. I think. I think giving the upheaval people a Palace, no one quite knows how that one's going to, you know, how that one's going to fall down yet. Whether Roy Hodgson does come in and make them a lot more disciplined, and whether there's any room for a flair player like Loftus Cheek in there. But Carroll's guaranteed, and Shalaber I think looks looks really good in terms of the eye test, and he's he's hitting about two shots a game as well, which for a 4.5 midfielder is exactly what you want. In terms of Swansea, I don't know they're. they're they're sort of well organised at the back, but at the same time, they're, they've still conceded ten big chances uh, in this season so far, which is which is quite a lot more, more than you'd be hoping for, anyway. But I agree with Carl Norton as uh, as being a really good option. There isn't really anybody I fancy going forward. Though. Um, they've not scored in four of their five Premier League games so far, and I know they've played Man United and Spurs in that time, but you don't want to see an awful lot more from them as an attacking prospect before you want to bring anybody in yeah they've they've got cheap attacking players and there's a reason why they're cheap because they just don't yeah. score they've got the fewest shots on target so far this season yeah I've, I've got no problem with having Tom Carroll as your fifth midfielder because you know he's he'll be on set pieces they, he may get an assist once in a while but if yeah. your fifth midfielder's coming on and getting you two points or three points for a clean sheet you know 4.5 million you know he's going to play every you know five or six game weeks for you that's it's kind of all you really want it's you know it frees up the funds everywhere else, and in theory, Shalabas the same. Yeah, they're good options for you, but yeah. no, no, nobody really stands out as as a starter from mm. Swansea. And for me, Rashalison's the only one uh, from Watford who I'd consider playing as a third or fourth midfielder. Okay, so we've got some cheaper options in this one. So, chaps, the uh, the next game we're moving on to was actually we had a dress rehearsal tonight. So we've got Leicester at home against Liverpool in the 5.30 fixture on the Saturday. Now, they've played tonight in the Carabao Cup. I am saying that right. How do you think that one went, if you didn't know the score? Uh, I wish you said that. I've just looked at the score. 2-1 two, <laughs> two, Leicester. Close. 2-0 to Leicester. Oh, nice. Um, now, so, I guess just in terms of the, the lineups, there was no Vardy, there was no Mares. In fact, Leicester pretty much had their reserve team out other than... Morgan or Brighton or Brighton and you could say Bora or indeed in midfield they might start but so generally they had their, their, their second string out Liverpool side quite strong so Clavin started this season there Robertson in midfield they had Henderson and Wijnaldum Chamberlain started for them Solanke up front and Coutinho got a game as well but that finished 2-0 it's not really working out for Chamberlain so far is it Iceman he's, um, <laughs> he's been on the bench or played right wing which is exactly what he was doing for Arsenal um <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm just being bitter. Maybe he'll, he'll kind of find his way. And so many bitter played. lemons. So bitter about that there, sorry. <laughs> Either way, so Leicester have got the upper hand mentally in this one, but there's going to be massive team changes at the weekend, and probably that would tell you that any Liverpool players, you've got like Salah, or if you're playing for Mino, you're probably going to be safe to have them at the weekend, as they will no doubt be uh, be starting. Um, interestingly, Danny Ings came on as a sub in this one as well, which is good to see him back. Um, Iceman, what do you think about this fixture then? Well, I, th- I feel like Salah is definitely the man to have still. He scored and he should have had a penalty. He's got the most shots on target from any player. Uh, the games he's played a full game in, he's actually got a double-figure haul. All the other games he's just been taken off or he's been rested. Yeah, he seems like the, the man to have. I started with Mane this season. He's, he got a few goals and then I had to switch to Salah due to the red card. And I'm, I'm kind of glad I have because it's like a blessing in disguise. I think the uh, the hard part about Liverpool is that they're going to have some 
some rotation. Sturridge has come back now, and he played quite well. Uh, although, you know, obviously they only drew against Burnley, but he got five shots inside the box. Um, I mean, like, will he keep his spot? I don't think he will, but he is pushing Klopp for a selection headache, in my opinion, because they've got Coutinho, Mane, Salah, Firmino, who's playing Firmino, who played out on the wing in the last game. This is why a lot of people are getting rid of him because he, I think he only got two shots on goal. He did create four though, but he was a bit anonymous in the last game. Um, so for me, Liverpool, like the winner of FPL last season, maybe at some point because of the rotation, you might need to just stay away from them. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a fair point with all these players coming through. I still think Mourinho's a fairly nailed on one. I think you'd be okay with Salah. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope so, and like, I hope he, he's going to continue to play. But you just never know that someone might just get rested or drop. Money might come back and just steal Salah's place for a game. I think. Okay, so where, where do you stand on this? Is there anyone else in this fixture that you like? Um, I, I like the Liverpool attack in this one. I think Salah, like you say, is a good shout. He, he hasn't played tonight, so he's rested. So I, we, we've made the assumption he's going to start the weekend. Liverpool have third highest in the league at the moment for big chances created, uh, second highest for overall goal attempts, and Leicester are third highest for goal attempts conceded. So, yeah, you've got a very strong attack against a relatively shonky defence at the moment. Sturridge being in there does push Firmino out wide a little bit. I don't know, as probably due to the influence of Mane being out um, as well. So, you know, Coutinho you know, played 45 minutes tonight, so I'm assuming they're just trying to get him back up match fit. He'll probably play at the weekend, but probably a little bit deeper than the rest of them. So Salah, yeah, you're right, it seems like the obvious option. And, you know, arguably a cheeky punt for uh, for captain this week, possibly, if you've got him. Um, yeah, I like that as a differential. What yeah. about that man, Jamie Vardy, then? He's on four for the season already, so carrying on the great form at the end of last season. How, how do you feel about him? Uh, he had a yellow flag earlier. Has that gone away now? Just trying to... No, still, still on a yellow flag because uh, groin injury, 75% chance of playing. So if, if he's if he's not injured, great. Yeah, absolutely, in, in terms of a differential away from Firmino, who is the logical choice I think for a, uh, a third striker Jamie Vardy's got some you know, pretty decent fixtures coming up um, like I say Liverpool defence you know, it does it is a little bit little bit shoddy at the moment it does concede chances after that they've got Bournemouth West Brom Swansea Everton Stoke so yeah I, I really like the look of Jamie Vardy and if he didn't have a yellow flag on him at the moment I think I'd be a little bit more yeah it's looking at him a little bit more seriously yeah I've not said this often but um, I do think Vardy is definitely a great option at the moment I mentioned it last week that I didn't think he was and I thought that Firmino was probably a better option uh, after hearing a few conversations which I heard regarding Vardy he, he always gets a chance again doesn't he it might not be too many the stats aren't brilliant but he always seems to get a chance he's on penalties Leicester should have had two penalties I believe and I think he missed an open goal from Amara's delivery so he could have had a few so he could have been right up there with the points so I would say that Vardy is probably a better option than Firmino at the moment yeah that is a decent shout when Mane comes back though I think he's only gonna be out for one more game isn't he I think he's served two of his games uh, two of his banned games uh, after tonight so once he comes back in if Firmino moves back up top again I think he becomes a better option again so I I don't know yeah flick a coin it's just they they have got good fixtures at the moment as well haven't they so yeah they do yeah there is that and Liverpool don't have as good of fixtures either I realised I made a mistake a second ago as well I said Liverpool have created uh, 11 
11 big chances and third highest in the league have actually conceded 11 big chances which is the third highest in the league so <laughs> yeah you, you're going you know they're going up against you know Leicester are also conceding chances so I, I think both teams are on for goals in this game uh, I'd be very surprised if this one finishes 0-0 Okay, well, let's move on to uh, Brighton versus Newcastle. So, uh, Brighton being inspired by their their signing Gross at the moment. He was someone I put into my team this week, and I was fortunate to get some uh, bonus and assist off him. Iceman, did you still have him? I do, yeah. Yeah, started him. Excellent, excellent. Did you see any value in Brighton against Newcastle? I think there's real potential for goals here. Yeah, there could be. I mean, Gross is on corners. Brighton looked good in the air. They had a few close attempts uh, and one cleared off the line. I think March's goal, yeah, that was a header. And Gross is on set pieces. He's been involved in every single goal for Brighton uh, and against West Brom on the heat map. He was the furthest forward on average and I think he was second this week. So if they're scoring, you would probably expect Gross to be involved. Um He's created eight chances over the last two game weeks, more than any other player. Problem is, it's only Swansea that have fewer shots in the penalty area than Brighton. They've created the least big chances than any other team. So it's a bit of a, uh, a seesaw there with whether you're going to go for them or not. But I think Gross is definitely the man from Brighton if you're wanting to bring in a Brighton player. I wouldn't necessarily do that, though, because uh, they've got a good defence behind them, Newcastle. And I can see them maybe shutting Brighton out here because uh, everyone's got Elliot probably at uh, £4 million in goal. And he is definitely the goalkeeper to have. There was a thing on the scout cast that I heard that due to none of the defenders being that good at passing, that he only made three saves, so that got him a bonus point. And that's pretty good if you're a goalkeeper. It was like with Heaton last year. The only reason he he kept on getting bonus points is because the defence, they didn't pass enough, so the bonus points wasn't being distributed around the defence as much. So it seems like that might be the same with Newcastle as well. Yeah, I, I I really like the uh, the look of Newcastle. Like I say, Elliot is uh, an absolute certainty at the moment. I think for your second or even rotating first goalkeeper as well, uh, and there are good options at the back as well. I, I'd be a little bit hesitant to get in. Um, uh, Lascelles, is it? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Lascelles. Yeah, um, I, I think it's Lascelles. Yeah, I mean he's what's he scored two in two games. And, yeah, he's um, a goal scorer. It, isn't he? Yeah, he, he absolutely is. But yeah, he's. He's not a twenty goal a season goal scorer. He might pick up three or four. Uh, he's a he's kind of player who pick up three, four, five goals in the season, and he's just got two on the bounce. So he's probably due a little bit of dry spell. I think going forward, as uh, yeah, Newcastle are actually looking pretty good at the moment. Hospital's getting an, an awful lot, an awful lot of shots on. Matt Ritchie, I think, looks great. He's in my team, and I'm actually keeping him in for my wildcard team as well because I think he's, he's he's creating an awful lot. You know, getting quite a few assists as well. He's on set pieces. Yeah, he's, um, he's kind of justifying that six million price tag. Really, he's on pens and corners as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, four assists in his last three games, and he has only created eight chances overall, but at five point nine now, yeah. yeah, he's doing well. I think Atsu's the other one at Newcastle, but for me, the reason the reason why I like Richie, I think, is because yeah, if you do want to ship him out, there's other options. Uh, in the six million, yeah, five point five to six million price range, whereas Atsu seems to be the only one around that price range. So it's a it's a bit of a silly reason, but um, you, you, I suppose you've got to think about yeah, what your next, what's your exit strategy for every player in your squad. With Atsu, I'm not sure there is one uh, other than just to leave him on your bench or to downgrade to a four point five. And there aren't any of the four point five midfielders I think are as good as uh, he is. So uh, I'll, I'll stick with Richie for the moment. One point about Brighton, yeah, Gross does look. He looks good uh, in terms 
terms of the eye test, but as a team, Brighton have created one big chance. Opta's definition of big chance have created one in five games. I'm steering clear of, uh, of their attacking assets at the moment. I, I, I like I like Gross. Yeah, he's, he's good to watch, but they, they don't, I don't think they've got enough to break teams down at the moment to be considered a, a consistent attacking threat. No, yeah, I fully agree with really. But I, I just think that if there are going to be any points, it's just going to come from Gross, isn't it? That's fair. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's an entirely fair assessment. Okay, so any further options in this one, lads? Well, I just want to say I think Atsu was a better option than Decore, which uh, I mentioned last week, Parker. Uh, one shot, one goal he got this week, but was hauled down in the box, which should have been a penalty. So he might have got an assist if that was given as a penalty. A shame it wasn't. Um, there is Yoslu, which he had three big chances with two one-on-ones. He should have scored. So I wonder if he'll get benched because of it, because uh, he is getting into the position but obviously he's missing some really quite easy chances I don't know when uh, Dwight Gale was back and they've got Mitrovic as well so he was one which I was kind of tempted to take out uh, Gaviadini for but I wasn't quite wasn't quite sure that he would definitely be uh, firing in a load of points although Newcastle they have, haven't got bad fixtures coming up have they what are they like They've got Brighton and Liverpool, Southampton, Palace, Burnley, Bournemouth. Uh, then, yeah, then yeah, you take you take that, wouldn't you? For for the price of five point five, is not bad, but there's nothing there exciting, is there? You're not going to see him scoring loads of goals in each of those games. So yeah, I'm kind of staying away from him for now. Maybe giving him another couple of weeks, maybe. Uh, letting him bed into that Newcastle team. I've experimented with um, you know two big hitters up front and uh, Hossel as the third striker, but it doesn't quite seem as attractive somehow. Yeah, uh, can't quite put my finger on exactly why, but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it doesn't quite work for me. Okay, well, chaps, let's move on to our final game week. Sorry, game week. Our final game of the game week, and that is Arsenal at home against West Brom. Monday night football for you all. Arsenal seeming to pick up a bit of form since the uh, the two matches which they lost. Um, which seems to spike a, I suppose, a downward spiral when thinking of our fans into thinking that it's all over. It's doom and gloom, and sure enough, I think a couple of decent results. I'm not saying uh, Wenger is the messiah, but I certainly don't think it's as bad as we all thought it was going to be. Home game against, against West Brom, I really fancy us to win this one. The big question is Alexis Sanchez. He looked very, very good against Cologne in that bizarre uh, Euro League fixture where all the Arsenal players, uh, fans rather, seem to sell their tickets to the clone fans mm-hmm. making the stadium particular. But I, I like the look of Sanchez in this one. I think if you've gambled on him already, I think you're in a good position. He could be a great differential this week because I know not everyone would have committed to him just yet. Uh, I also like the look of Aaron Ramsey at the moment. I think he's, he's getting forward, creating, he's scoring, showing some of the form that he's shown for Wales. Um, Peter, let me come to you before uh, I go to the Arsenal. What are your thoughts on this fixture? Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I completely agree with you. I think uh, Arsenal are, are going to be favourites for this. Although West Brom are, are doing all right defensively. They're three clean sheets and they've conceded the fewest big chances uh, of any team. Actually, they've only conceded three in uh, their five games. So, yeah, they seem to be doing okay. They're not scoring, though, going forward. So, yeah, I think Arsenal are probably favourites, and I think the players you mentioned are definitely um, definitely on the radar. Anyone at the back, pretty much anyone along the back line, I think, is um, 
an option at the moment. Kalashnikov is the obvious choice. Monreal seems to be a little bit more attacking, I think, than he was. He seems to be a little bit more attacking than certainly the other players in his equivalent position. Bellerin's an option potentially as well. So I think I think they'll keep a clean sheet this week. So that's easy points. And if you can pick one of the wing backs uh, as potential to get on, you know get an assist as well, someone like Kalashnikov I think could be a really good option because he could pick up double. Uh, double digits this week. Yeah, he did get a goal in the um, Europa League, didn't he? Smashed it in. Yeah. And I think that out of the two, Klasnach and Bellerin, it would be Klasnach that you would go for. But Bellerin uh, was creating a lot down the right-hand side, didn't create any real chances, but most of Arsenal's play in the Chelsea game was down the right-hand side, and it wasn't down Klasnach's side at all. And maybe that's because uh, Sanchez wasn't down there, or I don't know, maybe it was just being shut off a little bit more. But I think that I do want him, I do want to bring him into my team. With Arsenal's good fixtures coming up, I think that he is the one to have out of that team. With their attacking options, I think that Ramsey, he hit the post he got man of the match two attempts on goal four take-ons the most final third touches for Arsenal against Chelsea so I'm happy I've got him he seems to be the only real Arsenal asset to have though because you've got Sanchez and Ozil you know not sure whether they're going to start or not Awobi probably going to be benched the only other option who's a regular player is actually Xhaka and he's a, more of a defensive player so I wouldn't go him so I would say that Ramsey's probably the best option here for going forward for the next few fixtures but I can probably see West Brom shutting us out Hagazi's still starting by the looks of it so um, maybe if you have got him just wait until he, he doesn't start before you actually do ship him out some people are still bringing him in as well so uh, you might benefit from another price rise but I can see West Brom holding us in this game, but I hope that that's not going to happen. I can definitely see a clean sheet for Arsenal, though. Long term as well, well, medium term, uh, West Brom's fixtures don't look that attractive, I, I don't think. Maybe Watford and Huddersfield are the only opportunities I think they're going to get for clean sheets in the next few games. Uh, next seven I'm looking at at the moment, so... Yeah, if you, you're right about Hagazi. If you've got him, maybe just hold him, but be prepared for him to be benched. And yeah. if you, but also don't don't stress if you've already got rid of him. Yeah, I heard last week that Hagazi is uh, chopped liver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you hear a rumor about that? I think I did. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Rodriguez is actually chopped liver for me. I've actually transferred him out. Some strong contemplation during this podcast. So stay tuned for that next week. You're live transferring on the podcast. I've live transferred. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed this oh, come discussion. On. You, you got to tell us. Live transferred. You got to tell us what it is. Well, Who did you go for? Something of that. Andy Cow. <laughs> Yosley. Who is it? Could be any one of the number of players. Really tell me. In that price, price But basically, listeners, what will happen now is the Ice Man will, will sort of pepper my phone with messages until I uh, until I, <laughs> he won't talk to me about anything else. To the point at which it will annoy me to the point of breaking. So it's like, uh, like, it's like a Japanese water torture. That seems entirely reasonable to me. See, see, people might think you're joking here, Pete, but this is actually really true. <laughs> All right, I reckon it's Andy Carroll. He's the same price when you were talking about him earlier. Yeah, maybe. That's, I, I, I'll put my money on that. Let's take bets on Twitter. Who do you reckon Bully has gone for? Post in. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Andy Carroll or... No, there's no one else in that price range. It must be Andy Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> chaps that brings us to the end of the uh, the discussion around the game week so um i think it's about time that the ice plans have a break it definitely is thank you back in a month i joke 
Iceman back and fully emptied. It's time to summarise this game week. So, West Ham versus Spurs. We talked about keeping the faith in Harry Davis being one of the informed fullbacks in the league is a good option. Now he's fit again. Ericsson is the man of the moment, still in good form. And from a from a West Ham perspective, Antonio always looks good. And Carroll, we think there's going to be an increase in returns from him in the next few weeks. Burnley, their new signing, Wood kind of divided the three of us. And he's in good form at the moment, so maybe a differential. Brady, also a good option going forward for Burnley. And again, we were divided on me at the back for, for Burnley. Huddersfield, will be talked about Ince. Great stats, just not coming back with the uh, the points at the moment. And the other player I missed out there from Burnley is Pope as a cheap option in goal. Everton versus Bournemouth didn't really get us that excited. We talked about Daniels, not one to go out to rush and buy a play him if you've got him. Going forward for Everton, well, this could be the start of a good run. Rooney being the obvious one to play and play up top as a cheaper price striker. Man City versus Palace. On paper, it could be an 8 0 for stuffing. Just caution the impact of Roy Hodgson and potentially playing eight defenders in that one. So Aguero is the man at the moment. Otamendi's providing a good cheaper price uh, choice at centre half, also with attacking returns for City. And Jesus as well, if you've got him, we're suggesting it's not worth sidestepping to Aguero. He's in great form. Saints versus United. Well, Lukaku's still doing it weekly for United, joint top scorer in the league at the moment. Uh, Mikatarian for United as well. Again, perhaps overperforming according to uh, to Peter's data, but still coming in with the points. Uh, and we're saying if you've got their defenders, we'll possibly keep hold of them. They've played well this season. Could be the first shutout against United. We see if you fancy a, a bit of a punt on that. Chelsea, well, they've got some captain options in the likes of Morata. Is it the week for Hazard? Some of you may gamble, some of you may not. We think hold off for now. Alonso can't say enough about him on this podcast. For Stoke is a cheaper option. Uh, Vimmer, uh, with the injuries as well to some of the key defenders for Stoke, he's going to get plenty of game time. So whether or not you gamble on him in this one or get him in for the uh, the next few weeks in terms of a, a wild card option, could be a good one to look at. Swansea versus Watford. Well, from a Swansea perspective, we talked about the likes of Tom Carroll as one of the best cheap Price midfielders. We also talked about uh, Norton's a cheap defensive option. Keep your eyes on Renato Sanchez, five million. We think there's going to be a turn in his form, or I did at least, in the next few game weeks as he gets more game time behind him. Firmino at the back for Watford is providing a cheap option, uh, and also Richarlison still performing pretty well. Leicester versus Liverpool. Well, the dress rehearsal tonight went to Leicester, but when the both full strength sides turn up at the weekend, we think it will be Liverpool's day. Salah and Firmino, the more obvious options going forward in the absence of Mane and the returning to, to play of Coutinho. Uh, Vardy is a good option for Leicester. I think he's, we, we talked about him being a, a threat against anyone who's scoring pretty regularly, although just caution the yellow flag on him at the moment. Brighton versus Newcastle. Well, Gross is the man at the moment for Brighton. For Newcastle, some good cheap options here in the cells, Atsu and Richie. Richie particularly uh, playing very well this season. And with Arsenal versus West Brom, we talked about for Arsenal the likes of Sanchez, if you've got him, maybe taking a gamble on him at this point. Look very good in the Europa League. Aaron Ramsey. And also for West Brom, Higazzi, we thought was going to be chopped liver, um, is still playing. So it could be worth keeping hold of him. And if you're really anti-Arsenal attack at the moment, why not stick him in for this one? Nice sum up, Bob. Lovely. Captain's choices, chaps. I'm going to remember this two weeks in a row. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to ask you to to think about who you're going to pick. Um, in spite of his flop, I'm not going to learn from mistake. Uh, I'm going to stick with Harry this week because I think he will score against West Ham. Pete? 
Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jesus. But if, if you've got Aguero, either one of those two. I know what I said earlier about Palace potentially parking the bus, but you've got to play the probabilities in the form. It's, it's the obvious choice, so I'm going with him. Do you think Jesus is a good captain option? He always seems to come off around 60 minutes, doesn't he? Mm, yeah, but he usually comes off after 60 minutes after he's put the ball in the net twice. <laughs> um, he's come off every, every time single he come, game. Yeah, but I mean, with the exception of the Everton one, which you know they, they obviously need to do something a bit different, uh, the other games, which he's come off in recently anyway, you know, he's usually got a goal by that point and they've won the game. It's It's been wrapped up. So it, for me, it, it shows that uh, Guardiola says, it shows that for me he's, he's this, his first choice effectively, or he's a guaranteed starter at least in that team because he's trying to you know, manage his, he's trying to manage his minutes and manage his exposure. He's still a young lad, remember. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm semi, semi-confident. <laughs> a little bit less so than I was a minute ago because, you know, from what you just said. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm bringing Jesus into it my could team. Work. Uh, it could in work. The wild, in, in, in the wild card and, you know, Given how their attacks performing, and given how Palace are performing, it's in terms of my team, it's a logical option. Um, if you've got Aguero, obviously um, go with him as well. We've mentioned a couple of other options on here as well, but I think if yeah, a real a real punch would be Vardy as well at this point. Well, I'm actually all on Harry Kane still. I think that at West Ham's ground, they're going to want to beat Tottenham. They're not going to hold back. I think they're just going to. It's going to be a bit expansive football going on, and I think they're going to open up a little bit. And I think Harry Kane will benefit from that. I can see him scoring at least a brace here, but I did say that against Swansea, and he blanked. But yeah, I've I've got faith in uh, in Mr. Kane. There's something about captain in players who are playing away from home, which makes me a bit nervous. But... Yeah, yeah, good shout. Okay, well, I spent any uh, anything on Twitter or online this week for us to ponder. Yeah, we've got plenty on Twitter this week. So uh, we've got a question from FPL Doctor at FPL Doctor saying, with Firmino stuck on the wing and only Vardy as a viable swap, can we justify not having three premium FPL forwards? If so, which three would you choose? We'll go to you first, Peter. I can only have three forwards. Well, Um, firstly, can can we justify not having these three premium forwards? I think, yeah, I think I think you can. I think you have to really because you just absolutely decimate your midfield or your defence if if that's the case. I, I'm I'm trying to I've tried to do it. I've, I've tried to you know get a scenario where I've got Lukaku, Kane, and Jesus in, but it, the the midfield then just looks absolutely abysmal. Yeah. Uh, if you put money into the midfield, you've got to go really really cheap in defence, and in reality, there's a lot of you know good you know you know five point five to six point five or even seven million defenders as well who you're going to want at some point. I, 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 for me, I, I I like to have a, a, a balance amongst my team. I don't like to go all you know all out completely up front I say I don't I don't like to uh, I only, only don't like to do it because I, I can't do it yeah I, I think it's justifiable to have you know Firmino or Vardy uh, in there along with two really big heavy hitters who those big heavy hitters are though I don't know you've got you know four five six options and whichever one you pick the other one's probably going to go and score uh, or certainly got potential to go and score so there's going to be a lot of uh, watching games behind the sofa this season uh, for, for everybody and and your three, which you choose off the bat at the moment, you're wild carding. So, uh, which which are your current three that you're wild carding, and which are the three premiums that you would have? Uh, the 
current three I've got on at the moment are Jesus, Kane, and Firmino. And again, that, that's purely around team balance because I'm, yeah, I want mid, I want money in midfield and also in defence as well. If I could pick any of them at all, I'd definitely go Kane. I'd definitely go Lukaku, and I would probably go with. <laughs> Have a think. Probably Aguero. Probably Aguero. Yeah, yeah, and Bully. So, uh... yeah. Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say the three most expensive players in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I suppose they're expensive for a reason. And yeah. um, um, Billy, kind of the same question to you. Do you feel like we should all be going free premiums? Do you feel like there's any value in the lesser players? And uh, which three premiums would you choose? I, at this moment, I, I do agree with Peter. I do, I do think if you take, I mean, Kane and Lukaku straight away, that's like nearly just around 23 million out of your pot. And if you add another one into that, then that's seriously affecting the rest of the team. But we've had that discussion. So if I go straight to the three I would pick, I think it would be Lukaku. I'd still be picking Kane at this point because I think he's dynamite. The only thing I'd do possibly to save money, I would go Jesus over Aguero because I think he's performing and scoring uh, enough to, to justify you know, not having Aguero in there. Yeah, I I think I, I would just go for the Aguero, Kane, Lukaku just because it just looks sexier, doesn't it, really? Moving on to the what next... about? I mean, moving forward as a cheap option, what about Lacazette within that three? I know you'll laugh, but actually <laughs> he's, he's looked pretty sharp in, in those I, games so far. He, he didn't really have uh, much of a game in the last game, but I think Chelsea did well to, to shut him out. He is a goal scorer. I just think we need to wait until um, Sanchez is playing, Ozil's playing, maybe Sanchez, Ozil and him playing in the front, front three. That's when we can tell whether he's going to be a really good option to have. Yeah, and the, and the other one of the arguments, Bratter as well, Bratter, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so I mean, immediately there you've got six premium forwards, so you can only have a maximum of three of them. So <laughs> you really don't want to be—I really don't want to be in a position which whichever three I've got, many other three go and score. Because then, yeah, it, if you've got three premium forwards and they all blank, and then the other three go and score, it's just going to be depressing as hell. Yeah. So yeah, having fewer of them, you know the other players are going to score, but you've got less chance of them blanking. Um, this is really stupid logic, but it's yeah, it's how your mind works sometimes. Yeah. Going to move on to the next question. So we've got uh, we've got Al at Mambatius. Al uh, is saying I have three point three mil aside to upgrade Talich to Mkhitaryan this week. Is replacing Danilo more of a priority? Bully, do you want to go first on this one? Okay, um, so he wants to get Mkhitaryan. Who's he got at the moment? Who's he so, upgrading? So, so he says he's got. 3.3 mil to upgrade Tadic to Mkhitaryan this week, but is replacing Danilo more of a priority than actually making that move? Uh, I, I think it, well, the, the, the cop-out answer here is who else have you got in your defence? Yeah. Um, I, asked, I asked him that question uh, on Twitter. He actually, he said, Yeah, he's got uh, Bertrand, Ben Davis, Danilo, uh, Rosinia and Long. Is it, what, is it Chris Long from Burnley? Uh, yeah. In Kevin that Long, case, I would say, yeah, really I probably, want, I, you, I'd probably. You really want an all-out attack, Jim? Don't you? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, play two five to you know. No, I, I would actually say shore up that defence because I think Danilo's a great option as long as you have three other players that are nailed on and pretty good. But I think from that they don't. So I think at the moment you want to get. I, I would be swapping out Danilo at this point. Yeah, I yeah, think I'd I agree. would as well. A go Kalasnach for me. Yeah, I like that as an option, Kalasnach potentially. I guess it depends. If he wants to stay with City, I still think Mendy's a good shout. If he's got a lot of cash to invest, then Mendy looks bloody good for them. 
He is uh, is up and down. He is right up and down that left wing. I can tell you, making chances. Mendy's a great option. Would you prefer Mendy or Kalashnikov? I would prefer Kalashnikov. I just think there's a lot more potential in him to score goals as well. Tough one, though. Yeah, I think with with Arsenal's fixtures, I think that's a good shout from the Iceman. Because I mean, like there is a fear of rotation of City in there. Any of their players. Mm. Is there still a fear of Kalasinac going back into a back three like he was at the start of the season? No, because we've got rid of that shoehorn that we tried to get into the team Oxley Chamberlain. So I don't. I think he's just going to stay out on the wing. Okay. Okay. Moving on. So we've got uh, another question from at uh, FPL Sexy. He's put Lukaku, Otamendi, David Silva, Mo Salah all have beards, all in form. <laughs> Is Kane is Kane's problem really August or Wembley or lack of man hair? Bloody hell. <laughs> Peter, I'm gonna to come to no, you. See, I, okay. <laughs> no, you see, I I've I've often I've thought long and hard about this and I've pondered this question and uh no I haven't really, it's the first time it's uh, it's come to mind. It it's a theory. It, it is a theory. I mean that it is bizarre to think why such a, a top-class player cannot score in August. The only thing you would say is that he didn't have a beard when he was. Uh, why am I even entertaining this? This is literally, <laughs> <laughs> this okay. is literally a waste of pocket. I mean, it's, it's a funny question, but Jesus. <laughs> okay, moving on. Did, did, he, have, did oh. he have Lukaku in that list as well? Because Lukaku's he, got a big beard. He did, yeah. He had Lukaku. Okay, fine. Yeah. I, I didn't uh, that. Moving on, we've got a question from FPL Maz. Has just put, can you play 5-2-3 on FPL? Uh, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you can. You shouldn't, but you can. If if you if your five is Kalasinac, Mendy, or Walker, Bellerin, uh, Alonso. Yeah, I think Parker and... played it last week actually, but and he, he did quite well from it. So I say you shouldn't, but yeah, maybe maybe you should. Actually, I say I say you shouldn't. I think I'm I'm thinking about doing that in my uh, draft team this week as well because I've just, mm-hmm. I've just suddenly managed to pick up on uh, the waivers a load of really good defenders so I'm just yeah. loading up on them at the moment maybe he has a good point load up if on you have five really backs. attacking fullbacks then yeah. then possibly yeah, yeah. Okay. Your, your midfield would be crippled by that yeah. okay I'm going to go back <laughs> to one which we had last question uh, last week which we didn't manage to answer uh, was Alex Ball out Alex Waterbaby has just asked Thoughts on best midfielder under six million? So choices of Richardson, Moy, Richie, Gross, Decore, Brady, Knockart, and some others. Which which one of these six million midfielders are you? Would you opt for Peter? Uh, Matt Ritchie. Yeah, same here. To be honest, I'll, I'll go for Matt. Ritchie. He seems to be quite in form and just providing the assists all over. And he's on penalties and corners. Bully, what do you reckon? I'm going to say Gross. Going to go Gross, eh? I'm going to go Gross, yeah. I think he'd be the main man on that side. and he's. I, I agree, Richie's a great option. I just prefer Gross at the moment. A little bit cheaper as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, that's it for Twitter for this week, uh, Billy. Thanks for all your questions, guys. Uh, keep them coming. Excellent, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Um, always helpful to have the interaction. Makes it really interesting for all of us involved on the pod, and hopefully it's, uh, it helps you out with your decision-making during the week as well. If you've got any more questions around facial hair, body hair, or... <laughs> Any other part of the anatomy, for that matter, we're always happy to hear them. So that brings us to the end of another Fancy Football Surgery podcast. Should you want to get in contact with us, there's a number of ways you can do that. Uh, You can look at our website, www.fancyfootballsurgery.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. You can email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. Com. Most of our activity goes on on Twitter, so at FF underscore surgery. Send us a question. 
you can uh, up the pod on Reddit, please up the pod. Up the pod. And you can join our mini league. It is one one seven three hyphen four double five. Our Patreon account is down this week. Uh, more to come on that. Thank you to Peter Blake for joining us again. Thanks for having me again. Uh, it's a pleasure. As, as I always ask, should uh, people want to pester you for all things fantasy football, FPL, how can they do that? He's changed his Twitter. He's made it much easier now. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, no, nobody on podcast could say it properly. So uh, <laughs> I've changed it to uh, mathsafe underscore uh, FPL, and that's related to my blog, which is mathematically safe, uh, wordpress.com. So, yeah, but by, by all means, I'm, I'm on Twitter primarily so yeah if you uh if you want to chat by all means follow me okay well thanks for joining us again great contribution as usual ice man thanks again peter good luck in your game weeks guys now for me bully it's uh, good luck in your game weeks we'll see you next week Play that funky music, Ice Man. <laughs> nice pod. Good pod, guys. Well done, lads. All right. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah, yeah enjoyed that. Yeah. Peter, you always a. Very... Two hours and six minutes we've been going. Oh, wow. <laughs> Most of that is <laughs> yeah. just me trying to get the uh, the recording working and then. Oh, yeah, I just, just forget about that. St- looking at yeah. stats for about half an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to get distracted. Do you guys listen back to your own pods? Do you review yourselves? I have to. Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah, because you edit it, don't you? I edit it, yeah. I, yeah. It takes me hours, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it's a complete waste of time. We get no money from this. <laughs> uh, You'd have to tell me the amount of work I put into that blog. No, and... no, exactly. That's why I want you writing for our website, and then we can start creating money together. That's, uh, yeah. That's true. I'd, I'd love to be able to commit to something a bit more. Yeah, yeah, like you say, Antonio, big balls into the air. Antonio, big balls into the air. Big balls. He could have had a few, so he could have been right up there with the point. He is uh, he is up and down. He is right up and down that left oh, wing, I can tell you, making chances. Mendy's a great option.